0: from Center City. This is the Rorschach Venezuela update from the 29th of September 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. On Monday the 26th, the Venezuelan delegation at the UN Human Rights Council accused the United Nations independent mission to Venezuela of lying in its new reports. The Venezuelan ambassador to the UN, Hector Constant, rejected all of the statements that were read, and accused the mission of inventing a fictional story about the reality of Venezuela. One of the reports, presented on the 26th, accuses Venezuelan city, civil, and military intelligence agencies of crimes against humanity, and other denounces serious human rights violations— in the Orinoco mining arc due to gold exploitation in the region. Regarding this, Constant said that the sources of these reports, which were 246 interviews, are people of uncertain existence. During his speech at the council, Constant also demanded that the mission's mandate not be renewed. Various countries of the European Union, including Spain, Supported the renewal of this mission, although others, such as Cuba and Russia, did not. Speaking of Russia, on Friday the 23rd, Maduro sent electoral observers to endorse the referendum carried out by pro Russian occupiers of the cities of Lugansk, Donetsk, Kherson, and Zaporizhia in eastern Ukraine. With the referendum, they aimed to approve the city's annexation to Russia. On Saturday the 24th, Guaido repudiated Maduro's decision and condemned it for serving to clean up Putin's crimes. A statement released by Ukraine's Ministry for the Reintegration of Temporarily Occupied Territories said these delegates are participating in a collective crime against the sovereign and the independent state of Ukraine. The referendum ends this Tuesday, the 27th, and resulted in the annexation of the cities to Russia. In more international news, on Thursday, the 22nd, during a press conference in Miami, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, said he was proud of having put the U.S. massive immigration wave issue at the forefront of public debate. Recall that 50 undocumented Venezuelans were transported to the island of Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts, which caused controversy among the people. He also accused Maduro of freeing people from Venezuelan prisons so they could cross the southern border of the United States. However, DeSantis is not the only one who thinks that on Friday the 23rd, during a campaign event in North Carolina, Former President Donald Trump accused Maduro of sending criminals to the U.S. borders. Trump said that this was an invasion rather than an immigration and that people who are crossing do not obey the laws, do not respect the police or the military. According to Trump, Maduro is not the only one who has done this. He said that almost 130 countries have opened their prisons and have sent the toughest criminals to the United States. This year, about 2 million people have crossed U.S. borders. The U.S. Customs and Border Protection said that it was a record number. Next up, on Thursday the 22nd, Carlos Faria, the Venezuelan foreign minister, met in New York with Joseph Borrell, the High Representative of the European Union for Foreign Policy, with whom he agreed to continue strengthening relations between Caracas and Brussels with the framework of respect. In a statement, the Foreign Ministry highlighted that the diplomats discussed issues related to the global challenges of multilateralism and the international impact of the sanctions imposed on Venezuela. However, this meeting was not to everyone's liking. On Friday the 23rd, the national coordinator of Voluntad Popular, Leopoldo Lopez, accused Borrell of having double standards. He said that the UN had imposed sanctions on Russia, but with Maduro, Putin's ally, Borrell is considering relaxing the sanctions against him. All of this happened the very same week the U.N. independent mission to Venezuela declared Maduro a criminal in its second report of the country. On that note about double standards, on Thursday the 22nd, Chilean President Gabriel Boric accused the Latin American left of having double standards when it came to human rights violations in Venezuela. During a conference at Columbia University, Boric said he was angry at the Latin American left because it did not condemn human rights violations in Venezuela and Nicaragua, but they did condemn the ones in Yemen and El Salvador. Boric recalled that during his visit to Venezuela in 2010, when former President Chavez was still alive, he saw how the government of that time reprimanded the citizens' protests and manipulated the executives' elections at will. He said he tried to speak out about what he saw, but that the response from the Latin American left was, quote, don't talk about our friends. The statement came after PSUV Vice President Diosaldo Cabello insulted Boric on Wednesday the 21st for giving a speech at the UN General Assembly where he denounced the mass Venezuelan migration wave, not only in America, but in Europe as well. However, we've got positive news. On Monday the 26th, Venezuelan's border with Colombia was fully opened. The opening of the border began with the national anthem of the two countries. A few minutes later, the first heavy cargo truck entered Colombia through the Simon Bolivar Bridge from Venezuela. Although Maduro did not attend the event, the Venezuelan Minister of Transportation, Ramon Velasquez, was present as Maduro's representative. Speaking of Colombia, on Friday the 23rd, Armando Benedetti, the Colombian ambassador to Venezuela, reported that the Conviasa Airlines, the company founded by former President Chavez, will not be able to fly to Colombia as authorities of both countries had planned since the airline is included in its sanctions list of the Office of Foreign Assets Control for having economic sanctions linked to drug trafficking. Following this news on Saturday the 24th, Benedetti reported that the Turbial airline will replace flights that were previously scheduled for Conviasa. The first flight departed from Caracas on Monday, the 26th of September. Apparently, the relationship with Colombia improves every day. On Friday, the 23rd, the Maduro regime sold a ship loaded with 16,000 tons of urea to Colombia at a low price. Benedetti assured that he had handled the sale and said he bought the urea at $600. Explaining that in the international market, the price is currently between 730 and 930 USD. Even though Benedetti did not say which will be the Uria's final destination, many people on social media speculated that it will go directly to Monomeros. Since we mentioned Monomeros on Thursday the 22nd, Tarek El Asami, the vice president to the Economic Area and minister of Petroleum, reported that a total of 23 international arrest warrants and red alerts were issued against the Venezuelan representatives that have managed the Monomeros Fertilizer Company since 2019. Three years ago, former Colombian president Ivan Doque gave control of the company to Juan Guaido. In a national broadcast, El Isami said they will also initiate an investigation against Juan Guaido and that they will give all the necessary evidence to the Colombian justice so that these people are imprisoned. This happened days after the Maduro administration took control of Monomeros again on the 20th of September. Venezuela considers Monomeros its second most important company after the Citco Petroleum Corporation located in the United States. And to close this edition, some good news. On Sunday the 25th, the Glenn Gold Foundation gave the Glenn Gold Award to the Venezuelan orchestra director and musician Gustavo Dudamel in recognition of his musical work and social activism. Brian Levine, the executive director of the foundation, said that Dudamel is one of the greatest artists of our time and that he deserved the award. The Glenn Gould Award has been handed out for 14 years and carries a cash prize of almost 73000 U.S. dollars as well as a statue made by the Canadian sculptor Ruth Abernethy. And that's it for this week. Thank you to all of you who wrote in to join the conversation about community. For those who are interested, we have a newsletter in Substack that comes out less than once a month for the most part. If you want to join to hear about why we do these updates and other big-picture aspects of Rorschach, you can always email us at podcast at rorschach.com. That's R-O-R-S-H-O-K dot com. We'll report and keep the conversation going there. Hasta la próxima.